This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for April 14th, episode 2661, brought to you today by Stateline Tech. Good morning, horse world. It's Wednesday morning. That means Jamie and Glenn are back to talk horses with all of you. Well, let's be honest. Jamie talks horses. Glenn is just here to hassle Jamie. Enjoy the show. It's true. Every word of it. <laughs> I enjoy it, too. So uh, two things I want to talk about with you. One, what you were doing before the show started today. and to, But number two is when you bought that property, it had a pond, and you stocked it with fish. And yesterday, I saw pictures of you catching one huge fat fish. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then Lucas did catch one after that bigger than mine. But yeah, I was really, I'm, I'm a serious angler. Glenn. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we just, Lucas wanted to go fishing. It was, we just restocked upon a second time with some other types what of fish. What kinds of fish are in there? Catfish is all we seem to catch. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, because I don't think you stocked it with catfish, we did you? We had, like, that major storm we did. We stocked <laughs> oh, okay. it with some catfish and some, like, bluegill. I, I don't know. I, going to buy fish is weird. And so, anyway, <laughs> we did put, like, eight bass in it this this weekend. So, Lucas was kind of into the fish thing, so he wanted to go fishing. So, as the serious angler, um, <laughs> Chad baited my hook and handed me the the pole, and I had a beer. And I sat down on a bucket and I cast, whoo, cast my pole. Well, at least out you threw it in the water yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that. I can, I can do that. I actually enjoy fly fishing, but this is not fly fishing. So I just cast it out. It's like a, he put the worm on it and there's a bobber, you know. And so uh, I had some emails to get back to. So I set my pole on the ground and I was looking at my phone <laughs> and all of a sudden, there goes the rod. And I had to jump <laughs> on the rod to grab it to keep it from going in the water. And I pulled out this giant catfish. So it's it takes a massive amount of skill that I have, obviously, to catch. I didn't notice you touching the fish. Oh, no, no, I don't touch. <laughs> no, But you don't really touch catfish anyway. So they yeah, have this little true. stinger thing. So, yeah, Chad scooped it up with the net and took the thing out. And then we let it go. And, no, I did not eat catfish. I did not nail its head to a board and skin it. I just, that's not at all what we do. I paid good money to have those fish in there. And they're going <laughs> to, by God, they're going to live in there. <laughs> well, I'm glad to see they're still alive. That's that's good. Oh, we couldn't believe it. Uh, we said they were like, no, you just not. not they're doing better than the fish Ooh. in my, our tank. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was amazing. So, yeah, I'm impressed. And then this morning, it's just farm life has its problems. I talked last week about some man that came in the front gate and just like walked up, was going to go in the pastures. With you the got horses. a lot of comments about that on social media, too. Apparently, yeah, you're not I, the only one that has strangers show up at their farm. <laughs> no, um, but this morning was a little different. I was up at the barn, which is by the road, and our property goes way back. It's 20 acres, it's 20 square acres. And I'm not as young as I used to be, and I can't see very well. Uh, at far distances. So I didn't have my glasses on and I saw something in the pasture and I thought, 
Oh, it's a coyote. And my one of my dogs loves to chase coyotes. So she goes running out there. I was like, get it, buddy. Get it. And I see this thing turn and run on two legs <laughs> and then catapult over the... The coyote was standing up. <laughs> and he was wearing white pants, which was... Or light-colored pants, anyway. That's all I could see was... Because it's like a blur, uh, things in the distance. I don't usually wear... I need to wear my my glasses to go feed the horses in the morning. But yeah, I see him, uh, somebody, go running and then like jump over the fence as four dogs are running up to, you know, barking. So, uh, I called Glenn. I was like, I'm going to be late. And I drove my ranger down to the, that part of the fence line. And I drove up and down and was like, anybody want to have discussion about this? Anybody want to talk about this? Hello. I know you're back there. I just saw you come on out. Let's talk about it. And I drove up and down and I waited and I was like, okay, well, if nobody's going to come talk to me about this, the next time you cross this fence line, you will be shot. And I don't. <laughs> Do you, I, I mean, they don't I listen them. to the show. <laughs> I hope they don't listen because they know I don't even own a gun. I'm terrified <laughs> of guns. I just, but it sounded really tough. It sounded really, I was like hardcore. I was like, I'll kick you really hard next time you're here. <laughs> like I got nothing. <laughs> well, Jennifer used to, when we had a hundred acre farm, when we first got together, she yeah, she's up. like Rambo. Though, yeah. Like. She used to take the horse out and ride and she had her brother's fatigues. He was a green beret and he gave her all these fatigues that had the green beret logos on them. And, uh, she used to carry the rifle over her shoulder, uh, horseback out patrolling the property and kicking the hunters out. Um, it was very effective and very, because the horse was huge. Uh, there were occasional times she took the Percheron out because, Let's face it, the Percheron could have just trampled the person to death. <laughs> so it, was, it was an intimidating sight seeing this girl ride up in fatigues with her rifle uh, on a Percheron. Going, oh, yeah, that <laughs> is serious business. That's like Rambo. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, get off my property. Okay, <laughs> we'll do that. But we were surrounded by hunting property. So there was just, it, first day of deer season sounded like World War III. In our, we kept the horses in the barn and, you know, just, it was a mess. Well, I'm glad to see you're okay. You texted me this morning that you were kicking hunters out and it's like oh god don't get shot don't get shot <laughs> <laughs> i did not get shot they they ran they turned they turned tail and ran i don't know who it was i don't know what they were doing but my fence is the fence it's like around the property everything outside of our fence has grown up you know up to the fence i mean it's like weeds and trees and everything and so my fence line is precarious at best because it's sat there forever, but it also leans up against the trees. I mean, it is full on brush and, and woods just outside of our fence. So the fence line is up, but it, I mean, it's not great. And it's kind of like that barbed wire with the the wire fencing and, and it's not great, but the, uh, it never worried me because the, the tree line is, is a good buffer. And to see somebody climbing it, like it can very easily tear down. And then I've got, uh, you know, like Kevin.com says, I have a, a downed fence line. <laughs> so I could get, it could be a problem. So, um, yeah, I, and everything is spray painted purple because that's like the no hunting color is purple, purple fences, trees, every top of every fence post is painted purple. Their trees, our trees, everything's purple because you can't put up no, um, hunting signs on the trees because they blow off because you get crazy wind to ask me how I know. So anyway, that's where I'm at. 
Well, coming up on today's show, we have Lauren Proctor-Brown. She is a veterinarian and also a horse dentist, and she was just out here and did our horse's teeth. We haven't talked about horse's teeth and dentistry in a while, so we're going we're gonna to talk about that. Plus, you know what? She's an avid polo player, too, so uh, we're going to chat with her about that. And then also, Samantha is going to stop by from the U.K. and give us the latest U.K. report. Things are starting to happen over there again as things are opening up, and she's also going to go over with us who is flying over to beat us at uh, Land Rover, because that's what they seem to always do. So we're going to talk about that. And you have some weird news, right? I may have a few stories that were sent my way. All right, good. Let's do some Daily Winnies first. My Daily Winnie, as usual, is one of these. Auditors Mary Schmidt. It's Mary Schmidt's birthday today. She's the sole birthday and then also one of the hosts of this show in the CHA episode every month, Christy Landwehr. It's her birthday as well, too. So happy birthday to Christy. Uh, I sent her the picture that we did all together at the AHP conference. Uh, so I, I posted that picture up there and wished her a happy birthday. Also, I had a message here from Karen from yesterday who does our endurance episode. Uh, and for those of you that listen to that show knows it, know that it was it was uh, it was a tough first half hour, uh, but she wanted to say thank you for all the messages she has gotten. Uh, she said she got over 500 messages uh, from people about the loss of her heart horse or her lifetime buddy there, rode 16,000 miles with, but she wanted to thank everybody. It was tough for her to talk about, and she talked about it here on the show first, even before she posted it anywhere, because that's what she wanted to do. So, uh, so thank you to everybody who was so kind to Karen yesterday. We really appreciate it. You guys are the best. I spoke recently about the two horses that I have in training, a horse named Oki Brown and another horse named Money Baron. And uh, Money Baron's a little 15-hand chestnut, and Oki Brown is this ginormous tank of a almost 16-3, 17-hand three-year-old, big-boned and everything. And uh, it turns out he he'd really never been ridden all that much, and he never went to the races unraced, and so we started training him. And um, congratulations to Angela Bailey, who is the new adopter of Oki Brown. He'll be That's another one of our auditors, too. I know. I'm so excited. But she said she'd heard me talk about Oki horses and – and she said, maybe, you know, when there's another one. And I mentioned him. And, yeah, I mean, she she jumped on him, really likes the way he looks. And he's, 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 he didn't know anything, and he's a little scared of everything. But he so wants to try. And you can just see in his heart he really wants to trust and wants to learn. And now we've been on him four times and trotting him around the round pen. And today we'll take him out of the round pen into the big arena and stuff. So, anyway, it's going really well. And I'm so excited. So he's getting his Coggins and Health Certificate done today. And then he will be hopping on a trailer next week. So I'll keep you guys posted. But, yeah. Oki Brown heading to Maryland. I told Nelda at Horse and Hound Rescue we need to get a, a map mm, of yeah. the United States and put a push pin in every state. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> soon you'll have every state. <laughs> uh, it's good getting getting there. I'm pretty excited though. Very cool. Well, the uh 
StatelineTAC.com. If you go there right now, you're going to find that they still have their 30% off orders over $129 going on. But also, they have their Defender Rambo Weather Beta fly sheets, all of those different fly sheets. They have them on sale right now. Uh, most of them are 10 to 20% off, uh, already a, a low price. And they have four entire pages of fly sheets on there. And can I say that fly sheets have gotten a little more colorful than they used to be? They all used to be white, and now you can find almost every color of fly sheet you could imagine, including zebra stripes and, and all of that. But they have every brand, style, color that you would want. Amigo, Professional's Choice, Tough One, Cool Coat, Defender, uh, They just Rambo. It just goes on and on and on. Oh my gosh, this Loveson Zebra Fly Rug. It's zebra, and it's got the neck cover and the belly guard, and it is $47. And I don't know what brand that is. I've never heard of it, but uh, I do know that Parker, my gray horse, he now I saw him out just cantering circles in the pasture. Apparently there was a bug on him. So he is now <laughs> head to toe and one, and it has llamas all over it. Oh, so. there you go. <laughs> Jeez. Who knows? I hope the hunter doesn't get confused. Um, Weather Beta also, we use a Weather Beta one on Scooter because he's a size 60 and not everybody makes little fly sheets. So he has the combo neck, uh, the breeze, I think it's called, combo neck, and he looks so cute when he's all decked out from head to toe in his fly sheet. Uh, so yeah, they have all different sizes and they even have mini ones in there as well. StatelineTAC.com. Go get them today and don't forget to take a look at the offer at the top of the page. 20-30% off orders over $129. Do it today. It's time for the Horses in the Morning Horse Health Report. When our intrepid hosts, together with an unlucky member of the equine veterinary trade, attempt to inform, enlighten, or terrify horse owners everywhere into funding a Kickstarter campaign to mass-produce Kevlar-coated, bubble-wrap-lined equine products. I'm pleased to welcome Dr. Lauren Proctor-Brown to the show this morning, and I do believe you are currently located in Florida. Is that right? That is correct. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. Tell us a little bit about Resolute Equine Sports Medicine. Uh, yeah, so Resolute Equine Sports Medicine is um, a solo ambulatory practice. It's all about me um, and all about <laughs> horse health. Um, yeah. What we focus on is keeping the equine athlete in tip-top shape. So everything from lameness, nutrition, overall wellness, and especially dentistry. I have a not-so-secret love of horse dentistry. Um, and I think we do need to really integrate that into sports medicine because the horse can't um, function, can't compete well if their mouth is not um, also in tip-top shape, especially for the horse. Um, we, we rely on their, their, their mouth um, for their nutrition, for our, the majority of our sports. So I think we need to not forget the dentistry as a part of the whole horse as a package. Um, so that's my little like plug. That's <laughs> your plug. So, so what are some of the things that we need to do with our horses as far as dentistry goes? Like say, say I get a new horse is mm -hmm. dentistry one of the first things I need to have looked at? I would definitely recommend it. Um, 
we I definitely always recommend getting taking a look in their mouth when you get them because you can get yourself kind of down a rabbit hole. Um, you know, you're working with them. You're working with, say, you got a new horse, new trainer. You're working on, you know, advancing, you know, whatever in whatever discipline you're doing, you're going to run into different pitfalls. Knowing that their health, that their mouth is, in, is healthy and in good shape so that you're not wondering, you know, if this was the problem the whole time. You know, just knowing that they're not, you're not in any pain when you're asking them to do the maneuvers, you know, for dressage or when you're out on a polo field or a racehorse or in, in any discipline, knowing that they're, you know, ready to perform. And especially when you first get them, because you really don't know. And oftentimes no one discloses their dental history. We don't know, um, you know, when they were last floated or, or, or you know, to what degree or what quality. Um, so it's just very important to kind of have a really good baseline. And I think it's something that's commonly forgotten. Um, it's definitely something that, you know, in my, my, um, other job, which is team resolute polo, we take a look in every new horse's mouth. If it's a, you know, a horse that's coming for sale, or if it's one of the horses that we've purchased, I'm, I'm opening that horse's mouth very quickly because I want to know that they're happy and healthy. And that's not going to be the reason why they're either not performing or, you know, not keeping weight or something like that. And that was my next question is what, what, what would you look at a horse and go, Oh, the mouth, like, what are some things yeah. that would, that would be apparent? So it's a pretty indescript list, I think, because we, we think of first about weight loss. Um, commonly people are like, okay, weight loss, we need to take a look at their teeth. And I think that's very accurate. And people quickly get to that one, right? We see weight loss, we think teeth. Because obviously, if they're having difficulty chewing, they may be having difficulty keeping weight on. But in addition to that, you know, horses that are having bidding issues, horses that are having performance issues, I certainly would also look in their mouth. The way their teeth um, align can affect their TMJ joint, can affect their neck, can affect their upper cervicals if they're having pain there. Because I don't know if you've ever had mouth pain, but mouth pain is horrible. We can't focus. You can't focus. You're not going to perform well because, you know, it, it hurts too much. It takes over so much of your brain because your, your teeth and your roots are so sensitive. But especially in the horse, not only is it that it's very sensitive for them and nutrition, we're also then putting a bit in their mouth and we're commonly asking them to collect. We're asking them to kind of balance on that jaw. And if that's not healthy or if it's not aligned correctly, we can have a wide variety of problems. So even just not accepting the bit, not liking a bit, you know, being very mouthy, you know, turning their head funky when they're eating or when they're in a bridle, not performing well. Certainly if they are eating their food or hay and you find little balls of hay dropped in their stall, you should call the vet immediately. We have a problem. That What that typically is, is an older horse where they're chewing their hay, but they're unable to chew it well. So then they drop it back out of their mouth and back onto the ground. So if you're cleaning a stall and you see that on the ground, definitely call your veterinarian out because we have a we have a problem that we need to address. But I think also it should be part of our, you know, baseline, you know, wellness plan and sports medicine plan so that we know that the horse is performing well. And we should include that into our, you know, poor performance workups as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now I did see also that you are, um, an acupuncturist and, and I think mm -hmm. chiropractic as well. So do you kind of marry all these things together? 
I think that, you know, we are very lucky um, for horses that we can kind of marry all of these things to to get the best performance out of them. So um, after a dental, we certainly put a speculum in their mouth. We open their mouth a little wider than the average horse wants to keep their mouth. So certainly checking their TMJ joints is important. And that's something that I and you learned, you know, with my, my chiropractic or my um, spinal manipulation certification um, is just this, the TMJ health and the jaw health overall. Um, as well as the hyoid bones, it's in between um, the mandibles. So that's something else that we, we might pick up on a spinal manipulation exam that can relate to oral health. But in addition, you know, the, anything in that head can affect the upper cervicals, um, can relate to, to acupuncture points. So kind of marrying, you know, traditional medicine along with spinal manipulation and acupuncture, we can kind of find what, what treats that horse best, right? So what solves the problem for that horse so that it can, it can reach its peak performance? Gotcha. Gotcha. So do you suggest people put this on a routine thing or do you make just like, hey, whenever I come out or what? When do you suggest people do their exams? So typically I make it part of their wellness. So every horse should get their vaccines, things like that. That's just done annually. Um, a dental, a full dental exam sedated by a veterinarian. So we can get a very good look in their mouth. That should be performed annually on every horse. Let's state that um, again for those in the back. Please a, have your exams and your teeth floated by a veterinarian. Just a thing. Yes, but, please. Please. Yes, please. Now, don't some states still require, isn't some, some states you have to be a veterinarian to do it, right? Um, I think I would say majority, but, but many states require you to be a veterinarian to perform um, equine many, dentistry. Many don't, and um, mm-hmm. many don't here, like in Oklahoma. And um, <laughs> recently I had somebody who had a horse in training with me, and I said, this horse needs its teeth done. Are you ready for this, Dr. Brown? The horse... They bring the equine dentist out here. I was not here. I did not know mm-hmm. they did not use a veterinarian. And the horse had wolf teeth. And as mm-hmm. opposed to pulling the wolf teeth, she decided that they were kind of too hard to get out, so she filed them down. Are you okay? Are you following? <laughs> I'm following. That, that I think make it more difficult for someone to correct the problem later. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to like, you know, then they had to go lay the horse down and chisel him out of his mouth at an actual veterinary center and it ended up costing a couple yeah. thousand dollars as opposed to just pulling the wolf teeth using a veterinarian. Sorry. Just to, mm-hmm. it just, you said it. So it just, it's one of my things. <laughs> She's- I, it, it's always interesting to open the mouths. I can tell when I open a mouth and say, okay, well, uh, most likely a lay dentist has been in here last. Um, I, uh, it's always interesting. Most commonly what I find and what I can say is, okay, most likely a lay dentist was in here last. What I find is that the, there are six, um, you know, large teeth, three premolars and, and three molars on a horse's um, jaw. So there's six in each. They're very, that goes all the way back to the edge of the ramus. So if you think about where the buckle of your halter, the, the circular ring on the halter is, the teeth go all the way back there. What I usually find when I think, okay, wow, a lay dentist has most likely been here is that the first three teeth are are floated and they don't have sharp points, but those back three teeth that are further in there and harder to get to, those have really bad sharp points. If a horse has most likely had a lay dentist for several years, um, I, I see that those points are often very sharp and painful. And then commonly we'll see that they have a ramp on that 11. And the problem there is if they have a 
a ramp or a sharp point on that 11 on the mandible when you ask a horse to collect or when it's chewing and it um, it it flexes its neck, that point is going to like stab right into its max maxilla or the upper jaw. It's extremely painful, um, and that's most common. That that's what lay dentists never really diagnose or touch and they never really tend to and I don't want to say never because some can do a good job and some don't um, but they, they're not going to address balance issues as well and commonly that's what I see and that's the, usually the most benign thing I see and say okay well that was clearly a late dentist for several years we can solve this problem you know I can address this and that's fine I opened a series of mouths that clearly had the same late dentist and this whoever this was has a very clear calling card he just filed the first tooth down. There's this thing called bit seats. Bit seats yeah. are kind of a, a they're they're a fad um, where we really like to file off the front of the sixes, which makes sense because they can get hooks. Great, we can file that down, make it, and I prefer to make it a little bit rounded, so certainly the hook isn't going to grow back, but without touching that that first um, root in the tooth, the first. Um, part of that six we don't want to get into the actual you when know, you say the six you horn. mean the, the canines right oh yeah sorry yeah. so the first premolar that you're going to see so that's usually the one that everybody and i saw my trainer do this when i was growing up and this is how we knew the horse needed its teeth done which is a very not not a full full assessment yeah uh, if you stick your thumb in the corner the commissure of the lip the edge of the lip right where the bit would go you stick your thumb and you try to touch the first tooth that's the six so we number the horse's teeth. That's the first premolar. That's where there's we use. That's where veterinarians, lay dentists, most people that work in a mouth will put a bit seat. A bit seat is an angle on that tooth, so that the bit, which should never touch the tooth, just has a nice place to sit. Quote, you know, put quotes on that sit because your bit does not touch their teeth. It, if it's touching their teeth, your bottle's too tight. Um. So they filed. There's a lesson right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, if your bit's touching your yeah. horse's teeth, if your bridle's too tight, yeah. They're yeah. smiling Very pretty heavy, pretty hardcore <laughs> if that happens. Yeah. A bit is resting in um, the diastema between the incisors and the premolars in a horse, so it's never touching the teeth. Mm-hmm. It should not be touching the teeth. Right. Um, so that's where a bit seat gets put. So the most common trick that I see that people pay the most attention to is making sure that that tooth isn't sharp. That, that singular point, that little part of that tooth, that's the only thing that people tend in, in the past have tended to notice. So that's the thing that lay dentists pay the most attention to. I don't to. understand that though. Like you're still doing a terrible job. Like you're already there. You might as well just <laughs> float the teeth. I mean, my God, but like, well, why we got to trick everybody? Because they don't look, you can't look in there. Wow. To the lay dentist, I mean, so I have a, this beaut- this wonderful, my favorite LED light that lights up the whole mouth beautifully, right? But that that cost me not an insignificant sum of money. A lay dentist isn't going to invest in that, yeah. right? If- I'm not even sure they use lights or maybe they're using headlamps that don't have a lot of, it takes a lot of um, lumens to light up a horse's mouth um, well, um, which then makes it expensive, right? To have a very, very good light, it's it's expensive. Um, so without, you know, good equipment, you can't get a full idea of what's going on. Um, if they're not using a speculum, are they using their hand to to feel, or 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 what? You know, I I can't I can't say because I'm not a lay dentist. Um, but essentially, that's the, that's the trick: 
is to yeah. make a really, really good bit seat because those teeth, it's never going to feel sharp and no one's ever going to check and everyone's going to think that they did a good job. Well, the one I saw just filed the whole tooth, not even just the front edge, which is what a typical bit seat, that's like the definition is the front edge of the tooth. They just filed the whole tooth, which is, you know, it's an inch and a half. Well, that'll make uh, room for a bit. Wow. <laughs> yeah. All four of them. Yeah. Oh, All four. God. I was like, why? So, so now the horse stopped eating after I, that, but that's okay. We don't need teeth anyway. Right. The you know? horse was probably painful, <laughs> yeah. and he may or may not have, have killed those teeth. So we might find down the road that we're extracting them, oh. uh, and that's unfortunate. We don't we don't want to do extractions when we don't have to, and it always makes me very sad to see that that um, someone's gone very aggressive onto a six because it's absolutely pointless and. And it might kill the tooth. And I think the thing is, the problem is that horses change hands and because dental issues can take, you know, several years to develop. So something that happened when they were younger might develop as a problem when they've changed hands and we can't definit, you know, we we don't know that that's what happened and that never gets back to the person who did it. So they don't know that the they don't know the damage that they've done, unfortunately. Well, I think the good news is we have made it very clear to people, please hire a, a veterinarian to do your mm-hmm. horse's teeth. Well, you're teeth. not going to go to a dentist for yourself that's not a doctor. I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. I think people misunderstand that. And yeah. I've heard that one before. That's one of my, the favorite. That's one of most people's favorite things. Well, I don't go to a doctor for my teeth. I go to a dentist. And, and it's it's really inappropriate. They to, have doctor in front of their using. name. <laughs> Yes, they have DDS after their name. Yes, they're, they are doctors. You know? <laughs> exactly. Doctor exactly. of dentistry. Um, <laughs> I think it's just a misconception that, that lay dentists are using the term equine dentist, and veterinarians are also using the term equine dentist. So it gets confusing. Well, well here's um, what I heard, Dr. Proctor Brown. Here's mm-hmm. the reason I use the equine dentist here in Oklahoma. Well, first of all, it's only $75. And, I mean, <laughs> come on, that's half the price of a veterinarian. Mm-hmm. Get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I have a I have the most important question because we're running out of time. All right. Yeah. So most important question is apparently you came out and did our horses, including my pony scooter, who is a hackney. Yes. Do you dread yes. when you see hackney pony on your list of horses to see that day? Just asking because I do not dread it. I have a special pony speculum just for my little patient. Okay. So your little hackney did get my little pony speculum. It was honestly purchased for my favorite client's donkey. Um, and that donkey <laughs> and I have, we have a love, we just so much love. So I, I do have flashbacks when I hear the hackney ponies to, to a rearing hackney pony, which is certainly, it's both comical and terrifying because those front feet are about at eye level. Um, and it's just so small and cute, but it's still kind of frustrating. Well, and they're quick. <laughs> they're very adorable. That's the other thing. We, very... My first hackney pony mm-hmm. did that with the, with the farrier would stand straight up, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those little front feet are quick. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they're pretty incredible little little guys. They can they can do some pretty incredible things. Scooter's so fat he couldn't stand up on his front feet, so you were probably <laughs> safe there. So like, okay. I, did, I think I realized pretty quickly we were, we were in good hands. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad he glad to see he didn't try and kill you. That's good. I'm happy to see that. No, no, no. He's a very good patient. <laughs> you know what? We're running out of time. Can, will you come back and talk about your polo business sometime? Because that's equally as fascinating. 
I would love to come back and talk about my polo business. Let's definitely do that. I want to talk about your polo business because we don't talk polo enough on this show. And Jamie likes to talk polo because 90% of the people playing polo are hot. So that's that the reason. not the reason. No, I like no polo. that's the reason okay. you love to watch polo. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> So. Okay. Well, I mean, that's why we wear white pants, right? Make everything look good. <laughs> but I do want to talk to you seriously about it because it, I think it's growing. I think people are becoming more aware of it. The polo matches I've seen <laughs> just have a lot more spectators than they used to. I have adopted out a lot of horses to uh, a couple of polo places in Texas and up in Edmond, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. it is, it's very popular kind of in my area. So it's, I'd love to come. Yeah, definitely come back and we'll talk about it. Yeah, no, that's great. I'd love to talk about it. And I think it's um, growing into different sectors and we're getting the word out to to more um, horse disciplines as well. And I think, honestly, it's uh, it's attracting that the, the male equestrian away from, you know, some of the disciplines that are not as male friendly. Well, not only that, I think we're getting spectators to polo that we don't get to any other horse sport now. Uh, yes, because they can kind of get it. A you know? great place to tailgate. Yeah. It's fun to watch and yeah. drink, and they kind of mm-hmm. get it, and they like stomping mm-hmm. divots, which is the best thing Polo ever did yeah. for spectators. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, well, thank you, Dr. <laughs> Lauren Proctor. Brand, or yeah, where can they find you? What's the website? Yeah, so um, everything is all mashed together. It's teamresolutepolo.com has Resolute Equine on that as well. Okay, teamresolutepolo.com. Thank you, Dr. Lauren. Appreciate it. And thanks for working on my pony. You're so welcome. It was nice talking with you. Well, there you go. That, and I did not meet her. Apparently, I was doing the show. We were doing the morning show when she came out last. So I didn't get a chance to meet her. But uh, wow, what a great conversation. I didn't know about the whole filing down for the bit thing. That's good. That's, uh, that's yeah, disturbing. I've seen the, the bit seats <laughs> thing, and and I've seen the vet uh, file down because of gelding, the, the part of the canines. This was when I was in Arizona, and I was like, did we have to do that? <laughs> like, I, I don't think, I don't want to do that. Bit seats. I'm like, the bit doesn't touch that part. We're fine. <laughs> well, that was I'm a good glad. conversation. And, and we definitely will get her back. That, it sounds like it should be fun to talk about. And too. for those of you who disagree with us, you can send your complaints to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. <laughs> yeah, that's be great. Time to learn why some days you're embarrassed to be part of the human race. In Jamie's Weird News. Well, we got a list of folks that sent stories to me today. I'm not going to identify which person sent which story, but I've got Adrian, Robin, some guy named Glenn, Alicia, and Betty. Thank you guys all for sending me. Uh, And if you did not, if you sent that one to me and I didn't say your name, send it to jamie at horseradionetwork.com with weird news in the title. That's how I search for them. So if I get them on Facebook, I they lose everything. It's too much. Okay. <laughs> so weird news. <sighs> well, there's just, there's like a dumb criminals and then there's weird news. We're going to go dumb criminal today because Clint Butler, uh, a 36 year old British man escaped from jail last November, last November. He had served 14 years of a 17 year sentence. Oh, you were and so close. So close. <laughs> Uh, do you know why he got busted? No. He went out and uh, bought Call of Duty. <laughs> and uh, he and a friend. And um, he walked right past police officers. They were like, that guy looks familiar because he has kind of a unique um, birthmark. And they saw him and they're like, hey, that's a guy. And by the way, 
the police are like, hey, aren't you Clint Butler? Get over here. And he's like, no, my name is John Smith. <laughs> he was and real creative. <laughs> that's not my marijuana. <laughs> that's not mine. I don't know why it was in my pocket. Anyway, um, they said the officer said they'd be running the dimwitted duo's information. <laughs> and um, they uh, apparently when they were like, we're going to go run the information, they said the violent video ga- game came to life when they attacked the cops through kicks and punches. Yeah, they're back in jail. <laughs> he was so, so close. Probably another year he'd have gotten out in probation. <laughs> yeah, and it says now he's set for an extra two years for breaking out of jail and attacking the officers. So, yeah. The, I mean, I'm not going to say it was the smartest guy. No. Okay. I can do that. And he wasn't okay, from next. Florida. So, so I'm just I know. He's in England. So okay. they're dumb there, too. Oh, good. From dumb criminals, just super weird and creepy. <laughs> Louisa Zisman, who was on The Apprentice, I do believe over also in Europe. She broke down in tears as she explained the decision that she made that has received. She's received a lot of attention for a decision that she made. She uh, decided that she had she had a horse and she loved him and uh, he was a, a gray Andalusian. Just she just loved him. His name was Madrono, and and he passed, and she just couldn't live without him. So she had him stuffed, and he lives in her living room. Oh, I couldn't do that. Oh. <laughs> I have heard of people doing this, but not ordinary people. Usually, it's celebrities or something like. Well, isn't it Roy like Rogers' horse that's celebrity. stuffed? Well, uh, he's in a, uh, a museum. He's in though. a uh, museum. Yeah. This is lady just has it in her in a living, living room. room. Who'd want to go? Oh. She, um, she, she has gone around. Put a horseshoe uh, in a plaque and hang it on the wall. (laughs) I think it's like $25,000 to get this done. So she did not, uh, she did not. And it never looks right when they're stuck. I just, it's just, it's just weird. It's weird. It's weird news. That's weird news. (laughs) (laughs) Let's move on from that. Oh, wait a minute. I've got more. Wrong one. You had me all, I was just thinking about that, and I was pressing the, pressing the wrong buttons. Ugh. <laughs> Austin, Texas, the Austin Fire Department had to respond to a call right before April Fool's Day, and they were just not convinced that it was real. Um, and they go to in Texas, somebody, 911, 911, what's your emergency? Hi, um, it's stuck in the tree. Uh, ma'am, calm down, calm down. Can you tell us what is stuck in the tree? It's stuck in the tree. I need you to come out and in the fire department because it's stuck in the in the hole in the tree. It's lodged its head in the hole of a tree and it can't get out. Ma'am, ma'am, I need you to calm down. What is in the tree? It's a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> a squirrel. I'd gotten its head stuck in the knot of a tree and finally somebody called the Austin fire department and they literally had to come out and get a squirrel out of a tree. <laughs> they, uh, they said it was the first squirrel extraction for firefighters. That's a dumbass squirrel is all I gotta say. A <laughs> really stupid squirrel. A uh, couple more. Man, London is in the news today. England, you guys need to get it together here because police are on the lookout. If anybody in the world 
has seen Darius. His owner is offering 2,000 pound reward, which is like, you know, $26,7700 for Darius to be returned. What is Darius, you ask? Well, owner Annette Edwards says he is a, he's a model. And also, he's in the Guinness Book of World Records. And he is the world's longest rabbit. If you stretch him out, he is over four feet long. He is ginormous. He's over 20 pounds. And Darius has been stolen. He is a continental giant rabbit. And he disappeared from his enclosure enclosure in the backyard. Somebody walked in and stole a ginormous 20-something pound rabbit. If you look at the pictures of this rabbit, it is insane. Sanity. This is a giant. I mean, yeah, it's huge. A continental giant rabbit. Look it up. All right, last one. <laughs> Just thinking about the large rabbit poop that that makes. Oh my gosh! I, I mean, used we to have hate keep cleaning the rabbit cage. We have. Did you have a rabbit? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> In the old days. Uh, <laughs> Um, so we're going to go to Germany now. I love that at least all over the world, there's weird news and not just in Florida and not just in Texas, Oklahoma, California, y'all all seem to get a lot. Um, but now we've had European weird news and, uh, this is a very sad thing. Actually, it's sad that they got returned. Um, apparently not one, not two, Glenn, two dozen that is 24 monkeys broke out of a southwestern german zoo uh last didn't week. we have a movie about that <laughs> you would think like okay so they were barbary Mackays, commonly known as barbary apes they escaped from a zoo southwest of stuttgart not far from the swiss border it is not entirely clear how they got away but construction work at the zoo may have been a factor police said the primates were spotted roaming the area in a pack of course they were. Of course, uh, just like in Planet of the Apes, were they living in the woods yeah, above the town? <laughs> exactly. Um, zoo employees were unable to recapture them. Were they Eventually armed? Did lost. they have rifles? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, that, that's who jumped my fence and got my backyard. <laughs> I will come back and find you. Uh, apparently, the animals, uh, the the police. I love police reports. The animals apparently took advantage of the nice weather and spent the afternoon on the edge of a forest near the zoo. (laughs) (laughs) They were all returned and found. Oh, good. I was starting to worry there for a minute. They did not attack. Charlton Heston wasn't in a cage there by nearby, was he? (laughs) <laughs> no, he was not. But I mean, that's 24 monkeys that escaped. And that could be intimidating if you're like, hey, let's take the kids for a walk in the park in the woods. Like, Ga-gah! I don't know what Barbary monkeys sounds they make, but it's probably scary. Can, can you tell I just came across that movie on TV the other day and, and happened to watch about 10 minutes of it? <laughs> so. I mean, you're showing your age because like, I don't, I never saw it. It was too scary when I was Oh, you kid. never saw it? Oh, I that's mean, a classic. It was too scary. That's a classic movie. That's a cl- classic Charlton Heston movie. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, I vivid, vivid memories of watching that movie. <laughs> was that it? That's the last one? That's it. That's the, your weird news. If you do have a weird news story that you come across, send it to jamie at horseradionetwork.com with weird news in the subject line. Well, I'm glad to see Florida wasn't five. represented that's at all. Not. We did good. Wait, breaking news Florida story. <laughs> <laughs> We did good this week. Yay. 
Now you're making me Google Florida weird <laughs> news. Um, no, you don't have to. It's okay. We're we're fine. Oh here. wow, there's a whole thing called Strange Florida News. Oh, there's whole there's weird whole podcast Florida. about Florida men. <laughs> Weird. I met the guys at the podcasting conference who do the Florida Man podcast, um, and uh, they're not lacking material. That's for sure. Oh All right, my. let's head to England. Speaking of England, let's head over there and talk to our friend Samantha. Well, joining us now all the way from England is our friend, Samantha. Hi, Samantha. Hi there. It never gets old, that music. Thank you, Glenn. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm going to insist my children start playing it when I walk into the room. <laughs> <laughs> Samantha, they're letting you out of the house now, huh? They are. Things are, things are looking up. Lockdown is easing slowly. Um, we were allowed to meet a person in the park at the end of March. And then Monday, this was so exciting. You can, the gyms are open. So my son is happy. And um, my daughter, you can meet in groups of six outdoors in pubs or restaurants. And you have to book a table and you can book a table for two hours. So she had um, slots at various different pubs with all her friends. They had some tables all joined <laughs> together and basically spent all Monday afternoon in the snow sitting outside at pubs <laughs> that sounds in like the fun. snow and she couldn't have been happier about it in the, it was snowing here on monday morning and she couldn't have been happier she sent me all these pictures of them sitting outside bundled up they were in heaven <laughs> well you guys have been locked up a long and I time past, we've been locked up for four months i walked past the hairdressers um on our street at about eight o'clock on monday morning there were already four people in there the lights were on they were getting their hair done and it's just Oh, it's so nice to see after everything's been sort of locked, you know, locked up and boarded up and dark. And it's so nice to see shops open and people milling around. Well, it's great. And we have eventing. Yeah. Well, one of the things that's happening is uh, some of your eventers have put their horses on planes and are heading over here. We thought we had a chance of winning this year, a United States rider. And then you go and ruin it. (laughs) Oh, my God. 71 entries from seven different nations. I think it's the largest international entry they've ever had. I'm sick to my son with I'm not going to be there, but it's going to be so exciting. So, yes, on the plane today, New Zealand sending six horses. Five belong to the prices. Janelle's got three and Tim's got two. Tim, um, Tim's got Bango and Xavier Fair. Janelle's bringing Classic Moe, who won Babington, Grappanera and Grovine de Rev. And if she's bringing three, she's in it to win it i mean god i wouldn't like to bet against her but if you do want to bet against her oliver town ends bringing uh burley winner ballamore class and cooley masterclass who's already won kentucky twice the last two years that it ran and is going for a three-peat so yikes william fox pitt has won it he's on the plane with oratorio and also kevin McNabb, another australian who's based in britain and is the, one of the most beautiful riders i think i've ever seen He's bringing a horse, I don't know that well, called Scuderia 1918 Don Kidam. So it's going to be exciting. And then another Kiwi, Jesse Campbell, who's also a very, very beautiful rider on Dear Cello, and a German girl, Anna Seema, on FRH, Butts, Avondale. So they haven't so had a whole lot of shows to practice on, though, have they? With? No, they've had, um, the elite horses have had, they had a few, a couple of elite events, but I think, 
think there was one advanced and a couple of OIs. So they've had a run. Um, and William Fox Pitt talked about, he said that he'd, he didn't know which horse he was going to bring. He'd originally thought Little Fire, but entered them both and then realized that Oratorio would be fitter um, in time for Kentucky. And he ran him at Western Park Advance this weekend and went straight past the water jump and obviously was eliminated and then said he'd intended to do that all along because he didn't he didn't particularly like that water jump sometimes he said the horses can bank it or land steeply and he was worried that if he's if the, if the horse is getting on the plane today he wouldn't have time to then go to school again um or if they were sort of you know bandaging or worried about a bruise or not it was just cutting it a bit fine let so, me let me get this straight what he, else was exciting. he ran no, 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 by he ran by the water yeah, jump went, and said, I meant to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I usually mean to do it too. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to miss jump four. And this weekend um, is one of the big, it used to be the big sort of last event before badminton at Burnham Market, which is on the Norfolk coast. And um, we don't know for sure. The horses are on the plane today. We don't know for sure. Oliver Townend's got three entered. Obviously, he's got Tregilda, he's got Cooley Masterclass, and Balmore Class. But those three are also entered at Burnham Market this weekend. And we don't know for sure which ones are on the plane and which ones aren't. So if we see them this weekend at Burnham Market, obviously they're not on the plane. But then if they show up after quarantine in Kentucky next week, then we just don't know. And I don't know why they're not telling us, but it does make it quite exciting. Oh, cool. You know, you have covered, you've been there forever. I mean, you've been going to roll it. You lived there. You walked to Kentucky Horse Park. You used to go out there and just walk for fun Stop every day. It. Uh, this Stop has it. to be killing you. This would be the best time of the year. I actually wrote an article for um, my friend Debbie at an event for life, literally about that, about the build up to Kentucky and how how much fun it is and how exciting it is and how, oh God, there's nowhere I'd rather be right now. But and, and then you you wouldn't have trouble getting you, a spot ahead to the head of the lake, would you? There'd be no trouble watching that. No, no, no. This year, I think it'd be pretty good. Well, I did want to mention we have Max Cochran, who's the president of the United States Eventing Association, on with us on Monday. She's going to give us kind of a preview of the show. She'll be driving up there on Monday, so she's going to talk about that. Um, Burnham, now, is that all of your shows seem to be on these huge parks in front of mansions or palaces or castles? Is it a castle, mansion, or palace? Do you know I've never been because I've always been in Kentucky. I've never, it's a relatively new event and i've never been because um i've been literally been in kentucky for the last gosh i don't know 20 years but uh so i've never been but everyone said it's freezing cold it's right by the seaside it's beautiful it's run by alex lahore and his musketeer event management and they have they have an amazing start list they've got a four-star short as well as some other classes below that but the four-star short's got um oliver's three entered and also two others. So even if those three are on the plane, he's got two others. He's won it, I think, every year. He's won a class at Burnham 13 times. Wow. So he'll be <laughs> looking to do that again. And they've also got um, the last winner of badminton, Piggy March, is taking Veneer Kamira. The last winner of Burley, Pippa Funnels, taking MGH Grafton Street. Rose Cantor will be there with her world champion, All-Star B. Laura Collett, who won the last five-star there was, uh, Poe, last year. She's taking that horse, London 52. Uh, Kitty King, Tom McEwen, Laura Collett, as well as Australia, Japan, Italy, New Zealand. Uh, it's going to be amazing. So I'm actually, I only just started looking into it today, but I might try and drive there for the weekend 
the problem is I've left it so late that the only uh, the only B and Bs that are open. I think uh, so far I've been looking at booked up, and also I don't have a car. I'd have to rent a car. <laughs> yeah she's she's dying to get yeah, out <laughs> crazy for some action <laughs> well this would be exciting I mean, the shops are open but that doesn't interest me that much i'd much rather go to a whole show so i'm i'm looking into it well, i hope you get out to get one to see one soon or i know what you're going to be like she gets grumpy so um I, i've spent <laughs> a lot of time with samantha over the years so i know i know she gets grumpy when she's not at a horse show or walking a horse show grounds she every weekend with your dog <laughs> so, yeah well thank yeah. you samantha we appreciate you stopping by as always and it's exciting to hear Send things getting back to max on monday all right will do thanks samantha thank you bye thanks bye she needs to get out. <laughs> she's, yeah. She's getting four months, pretty much locked down for four months. That's crazy. <clears throat> but sounds like a bunch of them are coming over. Everybody's getting ready. All the all the prospects for Tokyo are getting out and showing their horses and hoping to be picked for a team. So we'll be talking about that a whole lot coming up here soon, too. Well, that's it for today. Hey, uh, auditors, hold on, because it's Wednesday, which means we talk TV and movies on Wednesday after the show. And if you're if you're confused about how to uh, get the post show, if you're an auditor, it was just posted again how to do it on the auditor room on Facebook. And if you are in the auditor room on Facebook and you're an auditor, search for HRN Auditors and ask to be a member and we'll let you in. So uh, I know Jamie was asking about that the other day, but it's it's posted up there. It was just posted up there this morning about how to do that. So check it out okay. over there. Where can they find you? They can find me at Flyover Farm on Facebook. Flyover Farm, Jamie Jennings Certified, Monty Roberts Instructor, and you, or Jamie at HorseRadioNetwork.com. And if you want a rehabbed horse that Jamie's done, you better get in line. Apparently, they're going like hotcakes there. They so. go quick. We always <laughs> say that, that that if somebody's interested, I just tell them, fill out an application because you just never... You need to have that application in so you can go pull the trigger, you know, yep. quick. But we always you know it's like if they come to me, they don't stay long. It's fantastic. Well, that's it for today. You can find all the past episodes of Horses in the Morning at horsesinthemorning.com. All 23, 2600 episodes are there. So go take a listen if you're really, really, really bored. And we have 20 other shows in the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. We also have an app. I don't mention that enough, but we have our own app if you want to listen to the shows, just our shows. We have them all on our application. Uh, just search for Horse Radio Network on iOS or Android. Hang on, auditors. Bay, neuter, and geld. We got to keep it short. My vet just called. She's going to be here in 10 minutes. <laughs> okay. Well, I just want to talk about one thing. The the show of the year so far, and that's the Falcon Winter Soldier. It's like watching a freaking movie every week. I am obsessed with Falcon and Winter Soldier. If you have not watched that or the Scarlet Witch, now, oh my gosh. I did have so somebody post on my page today that they're not getting it because they didn't follow Marvel. If you haven't followed Marvel, this show is probably not for you because the characters show up and you don't get any... You have to know who they are. So, I mean, if uh, you haven't been in lockdown this whole time and you haven't started the Marvel from start to finish <laughs> yet in order, everybody's done that. Where have you been? It This freaking show is... 
I like I paused it. I think on the third episode, I paused it and I just looked at Lucas and I was like, this is so good. (laughs) (laughs) Now, we're not going to give a spoiler. I'm going to give a little bit of a spoiler because there's something I have to freaking talk about. And that is the Wakandans. All Wakandans, especially the female Wakandans, their outfits are the best outfits in any of the series of Marvel. They have the coolest clothes. Those are the most amazing, powerful, kick-ass women I think <laughs> I've ever seen. And no, again, if you haven't seen it, you need to go watch it. But when when he goes, they weren't even super soldiers. <laughs> and like he got his ass kicked by, oh my God, they're just amazing. And why, why can't we just make, this is the part I wanted to ask you. Why can't we make the Wakandans the world police? And then we would never have a problem again. God, wouldn't that be awesome? Because they oh apparently gosh. can kick anybody's ass. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> their outfits are incredible. Those red ones they were wearing, they've, they've bumped their outfit game up even since the movie. <laughs> oh, those are the same outfits that they were wearing. Those red ones looked like they kicked them up a notch. They were pretty <laughs> pretty cool looking. And oh this comes from gosh. an actor who had to wear a costume for 10 years. I this, admire good costumes. <laughs> this show is fantastic. Now there, I, I don't, I don't, we don't want to give too many spoiler alerts away, but God, it is, it is just really, really good. And the person that you're supposed to love, then you hate. I hate him, Glenn. I oh, hate oh, him so I, we do much. too. Oh, we, we do too. I know exactly who you're talking about. And uh, I, th- I was hoping he would get killed in the last episode. <laughs> I know. Well, it's, uh, uh, he's still alive. And he, I think I hate Do him. you think he's I a keeper? He is not going. He, he can't yeah. be a keeper. <laughs> I hate everything he's trying to represent. I think that after the last episode, he's going to not have a thing anymore. I mean, he, he's going to be not a celebrated character anymore, but I hate him. Oh, we did too. Oh, good. I'm glad we weren't the only ones. I was feeling guilty for hating his guts. (laughs) How dare him try to fill the shoes and why did he end up with the dank shield? Anyway, oh my God. And I'm sorry, he is not a good looking guy, especially with the mask on. (laughs) No, we thought he was really gross. Um, So yeah. Uh, No, I mean, immediately I was like, oh, he's not hot. Like, But do you think they did that intentionally? Yes, I think so. I think everything has been very intentional. It's Marvel and they planned ship (laughs) way out. Super good. Y'all go watch the show. Now yeah. the other, there's another new movie, oh, um, a superhero movie called Thunder Force. Oh my God. <laughs> Melissa McCarthy and Octavia Did you Spencer. watch it? Uh, we're halfway through it. It looks now. ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And that's why it's so funny because <laughs> Melissa McCarthy is ridiculous and she's a, a fairly annoying character. And then it just gets better, better. So stick to the first. Isn't like, that what she minutes. always plays? <laughs> It's it's just like Chad was saying. He was like, "This is just pure Melissa McCarthyism. Like yeah. every bit of it. This is she how has she a type. Is. She, <laughs> <Yeah>. she is typecast. <laughs> and her husband is the director, and she actually uh, Octavia Spencer beats up her husband, zaps him. So anyway, it's 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 a ridiculous premise. It's a ridiculous movie, but um, the there's a, basically there's a bunch of bad superheroes that. Uh, live in the world and they're like we want to fight the bad superheroes and uh, the worst superhero is as mantis from guardians of the galaxy so there uh. you go <laughs> Ties in for you. I, so if you I, want good watch like falcon and winter soldier soldier if you want ridiculous watch what was it called it's called Thunder Force. Thunder I've never Force. seen Octavia Spencer in like a weird comedic role because she's always a very dramatic actress and she's so great and then to see her like <laughs> 
in a super suit. You're just like. It does sound like the title of a bad porn movie from the 70s. I mean, and they joke about the name. The Thunder Force was like, that was a funny name. But Octavia Spencer is just so smart. And Melissa McCarthy is so annoyingly stupid but they're they're great together they're great together <laughs> all right that's it thank there there's our let us know what you think without giving spoilers away of the falcon and winter soldier we want to know what oh you my god think. it's the best thing in the world ever i've just i love every second of it god. every second and they're coming out with 10 more series if they're all as good as this we're going to be kept entertained for a long what time other to come series? What are you oh talking? there's 10 more marvel series coming out on disney plus this makes me so happy yes disney and because they're forever. doing such a great job with them <laughs> All right, thanks everybody. Go see the vet. I need some Wakanda. Bring me some Wakanda. Soon. They're working on the movie soon, soon. (laughs) All right, bye.